Welcome to the Crack House Podcast. We are here at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. This episode is brought to you by Mark Silverstein, photography and videography. And as always, Big Pine Comedy Festival this September 19th through the 22nd in beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona. It is my pleasure to introduce to you guys your host, Matt Broom. Hello, all. Hello, crackheads. Hello, everyone out there in iPad listening studios, wherever you're at. Uh, very happy to be here. I'm, I've missed you all, but not as much as I've missed my co-host, Jack Galvin. Jack, how are you? You look amazing. Thank you. I feel amazing. It's, uh, it, it's a great day. It's good to, I'm glad, I feel glad to be alive right now. Okay, I was just joking. Buck Newman's here. Uh, Producer Buck, how are you? What are you doing over here, Buck? Not pretty good. I was just trying to remember the capitals of all 50 states. Are there 50 states? At least 50, from what I know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 53 here in a minute. Yeah. California changes. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, uh, change, I got to do one of uh, sit down with people and talk about something. That was easy for you to say, Jack. We have every <clears throat> single powerhouse in the industry here with us this week. We've got Rick Bronson and his team of club owners and industry elites here with us at the Crack House podcast. We actually did it live at Rick's house, so we could also get drunk while we were doing it and uh, do amazing things on poolside? the patio. Oh, yeah, poolside. It was amazing. I didn't talk. I spoke just like I did a minute ago. I didn't get really many words out. I was very nervous. Right. Yes. Yeah. He was He was shell-shocked and just in awe the whole entire time. So without any further ado, I want to introduce you to the people that make comedy happen in this country at our industry panel. Coming to you live, not from the beautiful studios of the House of Comedy in North Valley, Phoenix. We are uh, recording from uh, the back house, the uh, the Chateau Bronson, uh, with a very special crew that we'll introduce shortly. But first, let me introduce our regular co-host to my immediate right. Is this really on? That's Matt Broom. Uh, I thought you were oh, introducing me. Sorry, I got, I got I was stunned for a second. You. It's, I, I'm here. I'm late as usual, um, but I'm happy to be here. And to your immediate right, Jack Alvin. How's everyone doing? Jack, good to see you again, buddy. Good to see you too. Matt, good to have you here. So, folks, very interesting show today. As you know, typically we interview comedians on this show, a strong focus on the comics that are touring the great nation of ours right now. But a little bit interesting. We have going on at the, at the home this week, Jack and Matt, as you know. You can turn it over. Look at you guys. You're scared to be on. These uh, we're sitting amongst a table. We're not as pretty as you, that, Rick. That's you, the problem. Oh, Sean, you're very pretty. You are very pretty. So we've got a bit of a summit happening at the uh, at the Bronson home this week. Uh, from across the country, I'm going to introduce. From uh, we'll go work our way around the table. So Matt, we can start over here. To my immediate left, folks. Uh, a lot of you have recognized him from the Witness Protection Program. But he is uh, one, of the, one of the owners Bun of the... USA. Uh, what's that, Chris? Man Chris Bun wants USA. to be on the camera. There he does. Yeah. Chris wants to be on TV. Why are you talking to my brother first? Why are you talking to me first? Man Bun USA is really like... Everybody... Polly, Polly, Polly. What's wrong, Chris? But to my left, uh, the, uh, the one and only, uh, the, the master of the dinner plan, the, uh, the guy that will tell you what... The maker of breakfast today. Guys, been Paul like an angel on my shoulder. Paul, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for the sunshine that you're providing for all of us. Not too bad. Forcing us to leave Boston, New York, San Francisco, LA to come here. Yeah. But uh, we're having a good time. Nothing. You can't really complain about this, brother. No, the weather's pretty good. To Paul's left, uh, uh, the mayor of this summit, the official mayor of the summit. The official mayor of uh, travel and, and I, layovers. And I, 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 we were going to get to that, but I'd also like to point out, probably out of the, the way this guy trip, this summit has been shaping up, I would say by far the biggest degenerate of all of us on this trip. I mean, guy's just out of control 24-7. Corrupt. From yes. Laugh Boston, John Tobin, welcome to the desert, brother. Rick, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. Having it, a great time with everybody. It's, it's good to have you here. Before we introduce the rest of the clan, should we quickly tell our listeners on the Crack House podcast, all of our crackers out there, uh, exactly what it took you to get here this weekend? Well, I was supposed to be the first one here, and then I ended up... It was, I, took no. off on, I took off on Thursday, on April 19th, and had an 8 o'clock flight. 
and we had to get de-iced on April 19th in Boston. And then Twice, we, I believe, you were de-iced. Yeah, get de-iced, and then we got out to the runway, and then the de-icing wore off because we were on the runway so long, and we had to go back and get de-iced and refueled. And back. So we were two hours late. I missed my connection out of Denver to here, and so I spent eight hours in the Denver airport, which is lovely, in the Southwest Terminal. It's great. Uh, great food and drink. At, uh, there's about four or five establishments there I parked myself at, and... It was like, but I was in, I told everybody I was, it was very serene. You were unbelievably chipper for having what was honestly the most miserable fucking day of travel ever. Because it's the worst thing that's ever happened in his life. really him on travel, right? I think he made a pit stop. He had to take care of a few things on the way to Arizona. I don't think people believe me that I wasn't coming. So, (laughs) And then I got here and then we finally land in, uh, in, in, here in Phoenix and then we're 15 minutes to the gate because the plane in front of us had mechanicals. I didn't think I was ever going to get here, so... Time I got here, what eleven thirty on Thursday was something. It was an odyssey. But oh, dude, I'm thrilled you're here. It's worth it though. And, and you've, had, you've been chasing a lot of bad luck lately. So as we all know, but our listeners don't know, John just ran the ba- Boston Boston Marathon, the Boston Marathon, and ran it in a friggin' storm. It was like a, it was basically an ice storm. Yeah, for yeah, five so hours. You've yeah. been chasing the weather. All right, to uh, John's left, our good buddy. Uh, promoter, producer extraordinaire, uh, and uh, uh, I'd say my favorite non-real, com- like he's not a comedy guy like the rest of us are, but has a background, big background in comedy, and a good addition to the team. The band has been awesome at helping me keep the pace clean all weekend, boys. Jim Cornette. Jimmy, good to have you here, brother. Well, nice to be here. I'm no John Tobin, but, you know, I- I'm glad I'm here with all you guys right now. <laughs> we we can't all strive to be the mayor, Jimmy. You know that. Yeah. To Jimmy's left, uh, you know him from the Ice House, um, and uh, I, I give this guy all the credit in the world because he helped me close up last night at around 5.30 in the morning. I'm sure my wife's loving hearing that on the <laughs> podcast right now. Mr. Sean Sullivan. Sean? Thanks for having me, brother. This is a great time. Love everybody here. we got to do this again. What's the plan? The, that's it. The podcast is done. We just needed Fucking someone a. to come up with a nice Thanks little soundbite to wrap right. it all up, and I think you nailed it. Let's go. Let's We're good. Get the hell out of done. here. And to we want to go into the pool. We can do this from the pool. I think that'd be fun. And to Sean's left from the famed comedy store in Los Angeles. Uh, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Captain Sarcastic himself, the only man working in comedy who hates comedy. <laughs> Eric Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Eric, how are Thank you, buddy? You, Rick. Uh, uh, it is a great thing to be here with all of these people. And I'm having the most amazing weekend. And I'm with Sean. Like, when are we going to do the next one? should always make sure we have a plan before the end of the I weekend. agree. Well, I threw it out there yesterday. I said we should all host a summit. I'm really keen on going to all of your uh, cities, but I really am keen on going to do Boston, Let's with, do the Boston mayor, next. with Mayor Tobin. Dude. Yeah, Mayor That'd be Tobin. great. I wouldn't have to travel anywhere. So I <laughs> so you don't and have to be the last one there. there. <laughs> he would show up last. To, uh, you heard his voice off the top of the pa- podcast. He had to be first because he was second after Paul. What are you going to do? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, manager, comedy club owner from the stand in New York, uh, represents acts such as Big J. Okerson, Vlad Camano, um, and he, uh, out of everyone on this podcast today, the guy who's the most thrilled to be here as he picks his eye guck out. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to mention Chris, the movie. No age. I just want to say that I, I cleaned the kitchen counter last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> or this morning. I, I saw you, Chris. You cleaned what last night? The kitchen counter. It was me, not Sean. Uh, you cleaned the counter? <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. One of the Italians. Sean, wow, that's, was that's no, really No, uh, because Sean was up here with me helping me clean this at around 5.30 a.m. outdoors the table and clean it up out here. That's 5.30, that's 5.30 a.m. Eastern time, time, though, but Eastern time, Eastern. right? Eastern. <laughs> There's only 2.30 here. It's totally different, right? That's right, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, our stereotypes. so boys, let's What's, maybe we should give someone a bit of the back. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I hey, forgot John. John. I forgot the, my, the computer wow. was in my way. And to Chris's left, uh, the one and only, the man actually who probably is single-handedly really responsible for us really the becoming glue. the click, even though we've all kind glue. of passed as ships in the night at Just for Laughs Festival and various comedy events throughout our, our careers. Uh, it was really John, and we got to give you the credit for uh, bringing us together through the uh, through your ticketing software. Uh, but that's in my big dreams. Well, this and, is and your the dreams. result of a childhood dream. So here we are. Was this the no, result of the not dream? At all. <laughs> but it just worked out great. You know, we all kind of got together, and uh, I think it started with FlyCon and 
and we decided, you know, that's not enough, so we got to do this around the country, and I think, you know, we'll continue Well, why don't you, John, just have, give our listeners a bit of the backstory of how we all came together. Tell them where we met, the city we were in, and a little bit of the fun that, and the adventures that we saw. Right, so I joined uh, a company called Ticketfly to help build up their comedy partnerships, and and I started with uh, Paul and Chris, and uh, kind of worked my way across this room, and uh, brought everybody on board. And um, what's that? Say it in the mic. No, what'd you say? I said you went for the dummies first. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah. that's that's how you podcast. Actually, there you go. start low. But really, no, let's the go I- for the jugular right off the top. I think yeah. is. Yeah. But really, the idea here is to bring together people in the comedy world who I think are underrepresented in in many different areas, like in ticketing software, and uh, and kind of empower ourselves to kind of do better in business. And so I think this is uh, kind of the result. I mean, between all the drinking and partying, I think there's a, a yeah. No, we're still we're getting here. stuff done. And what I find is really interesting, actually, is uh, last week I pointed this out, or a couple weeks back, I did a podcast with uh, actually your client, Chris Rich Voss, Rich Voss, and. Uh, David, Mary, and Jack was co-hosting with me at the time, and we realized, and and I'm going to try to do the math amongst us here today, but David, Mary, myself, and Rich Voss together uh, had a combined over 100 years in comedy together to Jack being our green rookie being three years, and it was just a really interesting juxtaposition. So how I'm trying to figure out how long have we all been in this biz? Paul, when did you get into it? Wait, what about Jake? Yeah, we're only here. Oh, Jake's, I'm forgetting everybody. And my partner, for crying out loud, Jake Hirsch, who uh, is a producer, promoter, also works with Ticketfly, Eventbrite. And uh, Jake, good to have you here, buddy. First time you're down at Chateau Bronson. First time. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, been tremendous being around all these uh, amazing industry people. And uh, I've been trying to learn to just shut up shut my yapper the weekend and just learn and soak in as much as I can because uh, these opportunities don't present themselves very do often. You think, do you think the <laughs> geography... Because I'll tell you, and, and further to what you were saying, John, I agree. I think uh, as club owners and club runners that we, uh, we're not competing just with the comedy clubs that are in our other cities. We're competing for... We're fighting for that disposable income, that dollar that everyone has to spend. And we're fighting against the sporting events going on in town, the movies, the Broadway shows, the million things that are happening. Um, so I would like to think, and I do think it's true, because Minnesota is a good example. I get along really well there with the other club owner in town, Louis Lee from Acme, and we and have a great relationship. you ran the other comedy club out of town, right? We didn't yeah. run the other comedy. I no, I did I not. Heard. Don't be sending vicious rumors like that. I got lying. It starts. It starts. Rick and the guy from Acme got together. And now he's showing us the way. Right. Keep your enemies together, close. Keep your enemies close. We drive the business out of my <laughs> markets. But there Why is are we t- starting in Edmonton? <laughs> yes, that's where you want to go. There is typically, uh, I think, an automatic animosity towards any other club that's within distance to yours. You know, I mean, John, I think a good example for you in Boston is you've got the damn Wilbur there, that is one of the theaters that's been doing comedy forever. Uh, damn Wilbur. No, no. <laughs> but first, before I say that, I referenced uh, Rampage, the movie. I should have referenced Super Troopers 2, now in yes. theaters. Now in <laughs> theaters. <laughs> what nice. That, that was nice. Back. I think they didn't notice. Back. I don't know what Kick I was thinking. <laughs> What, what was the name of that movie again, uh, John? Super Troopers 2, now Super in theaters. It started Thursday at midnight. But, uh, you know, we haven't seen Chris since Thursday because he's been checking the half-hour reports <laughs> on ticket sales. Chris, Chris so, can tell you how much popcorn was sold in the Des Moines movie theater. You know what? Super Troopers 2. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we invited the mayor. That's it. Enough said. That's all you needed. John, what was the name of that movie again? At Super Troopers 2. <laughs> Oh man! So well, you know, but in the in, in Boston, it's you know the the theater for whatever reason. Uh, well, Bill's the guy who owns the, the Wilbur has a different perspective on things. Any dollar being spent on comedy, not with him, is treason. So we don't. We felt when we when we moved into the funny part when we made Laugh Boston, we only created a void in Boston that existed. He moved the comedy connection, you know, which is which is in Faneuil Hall, moved it to, to the Wilbur, and he moved into a theater. So there was for eight nine years there was just no. 
uh, play a comedy club in Boston, really, yeah. for people to go to. Does so, he still call it the Comedy Connection? Uh, no, that name doesn't exist anymore. He just oh. calls it the, uh, the Wilbur. Oh. I think that name was bankrupted, actually. What? So and, the uh, Wilbur was the co- he that was the Comedy Connection? No, he that- had the Comedy Connection, and then he moved to the... He moved to the it originally was going to be the Comedy Connection at the Wilbur. Okay. And then other circumstances happen. So it's just it's comedy at the Wilbur. And he kills it. He does great. But he's a theater. It's 1,200 seats, and we're a comedy club. And the big difference, quite frankly, I think he would have been wise to embrace us. Uh, I think working together, we would have been much better, yeah. w- much stronger. Actually, agreed. I-, I think all comedy venues within a proximity to each other should be working together to develop comedy. I mean, there's a reason I've said this a thousand times: why McDonald's spends a crapload of money doing market analysis and research to decide where they're opening their next location, and then why Burger King opens up right across the street. They let McDonald's pay for all that money to do that market, and then they know that there's going to be enough of a share for them to be able to open up across the street from them. And if I think people would put their egos aside and just get together, imagine what kind of damage you could do if uh, we all walked into the local newspaper, TV, whatever, and said, hey, this is how much money we have. You're going to do advertising for us. And now they're not putting us against each other. Nobody's doing that, you know. It's. I think what this is right here is the start of something that I hope other people will look into. Your liver. <laughs> well, I, I think we should point out, though, uh, individually here as club owners, we all have a little bit different challenges. I mean, first of all, just so everyone's aware that's listening, John, Sean, and myself, we have very similar clubs in respect that they're traditional kind of comedy venues that we'll see an MC feature and headliner. Our New York and L.A. friends with uh, P- Paul and Chris with The Stand and John with uh, and Eric with The Comedy Store, uh, you guys are a little bit more unique than us in the fact that you have a plethora of talent living basically beside your venues and you're able to, on a nightly basis, bring on sh- uh, do showcase shows where you have ten dozen, a dozen guys on that are all on TV the night before. Um... So, granted, we book a little bit differently. Do you think we still face the same challenges based on where we're located across the country? Or do we have different challenges? I think they're different challenges. I mean, you know, we don't... I mean, I think everybody has the same basic ones, right? Get butts in seats, yeah, sell them drinks, that's, that's you know. That's the same. <laughs> so, Kick them out and, and then, bring and no, 180 and then, more people and in. the bigger one is, that. so how do I get people into the club on a regular basis. Yeah. So, well, you know, yeah, what, what are you doing on the dark night? Or what are you yeah, doing you guys, on your You guys night? have a model where you, you know, your weekend is the crust of your business. Not to say that our weekend isn't, you know, one, two of the bigger no, nights of the, of the week. In hospitality, we all still thrive and rely on our Friday, Saturday Right. Sales, but I mean, I think where your, your, center, your center is just thinking about the weekend, getting the act into town, uh, you know, putting them on radio, promoting the weekend shows... Our business is different. We're we're doing shows every night, and the the Monday and Tuesday and the Wednesday shows are just as important to us as the Friday and Saturday shows. In fact, Friday and Saturday is the easy part. Everybody goes out in Manhattan and L.A. on Friday and Saturday. That's when you have to do the least amount of work, I think. I think that during the week for us is challenging because we have to remind people that, you know, we have the same great comedy on a Monday night and a Tuesday night that we have on Friday night, because everybody is going to gravitate towards the bigger names are going to come out on the weekend, which isn't really the case for showcase clubs like ours no, in because LA. You yeah. always have a plethora of big right, names and and and, and and the big names might drop in you know early in the week because they're on the road on the weekend. But I think that overall, though, the challenges of getting the people in the in the seats is the main focal point of all our businesses. No matter what day of the week it is, what city we're in. But I, I'd suggest, though, I agree. We all want to put more asses in chairs. But at the end of the day, I think we are the way we see those problems in each of our locations is a little bit different. For example, I would suggest John being in Boston and myself in Minnesota. Uh, we know that we're going to survive. We're going to do our best business fall and winter. Because when that summer does roll around, they have such shortened seasons there that those residents just want to be outdoors. Yeah, but I think that, that, that still works for us, too. The summer's There's a solution to that. Retractable roof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an eternal optimist, uh, and I used to love Boston sports and 
root for great weather on Saturdays yeah, and weekends really? in the summertime. You love Boston I do. I do. No way. Now I, didn't now I root. I, that at all. I root for the Red Sox to lose, not to go to the playoffs. <laughs> they hurt Saturday business. Yeah. The Patriots have played a playoff game on Saturday night every single every year since we've been open at Laugh Boston. Oh. Um, the Brady. Bruins, the Bruins are marching towards the cup. The Celtics, it's it's just sports is just oh, crazy. So wow, it's so, I know it's so just sad. it's so wonderful. It's just uh, it's it's really it's yeah, tiring actually. To yeah. through it, you know, it's just sort of like <laughs> I'm exhausted by it. I don't know how you guys feel. About it. I have a suggestion for you, unlike Chris's idea of a retractable roof is to simply move to a city like I live in, in Edmonton, where your teams suck and don't make the playoffs, and you do great things. Did you say teams? Yeah, what, what, what is the plural? Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, right, the Eskimos. Oh, the Eskimos. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just saw them on SportsCenter. Da na na da na na Is that the team that, uh, what's the name, Manziel's going to play for? I don't think you're allowed know, to right? say Eskimos anywhere anymore, right? <laughs> Well, it's just the competition, just you know, fighting against things as it is. And then when you have the teams that are doing well, all eyes are focused on that. And, I mean, there have been shows we've had to start later because the Red Sox are in the World Series, yeah. you know, games. So our first year we were open, the Red Sox went to the World Series in 13 and decimated our business. Is he talking about down. comedy or bragging about his goddamn <laughs> Red Sox? It's a, it's a, I'm just, I'm it's just a, asking. It's a double edge. It's perfect. It's a twofer. It's a total twofer. We just lost a million dollars. I mean, it, the Red this Sox. goes all the way really yeah. back Ladies to the gentlemen, welcome to the Bosch on the Super Bowl podcast. We got we to gotta shut down the downtown operation, but go Sox. Yeah, go yeah. Sox. Yeah, exactly. Brady for president. It's, um, I find it, the challenges of being perceived as what it used to be, the old smoky basement-filled rooms, uh, we have to change that, and I think we all have. I mean, let me ask you guys, and Jim, to you too, because you're a great person to ask, because you promote various shows. You do music, you do... I mean, in one night, you can have three different shows going on. Yeah, live entertainment, any sort. Any sort. Um, what is... I mean, do you feel that... Uh, we have to be doing the things we're doing now, bringing in the YouTubers, bringing in the social media. I mean, comedy's changed. We're trying to take advantage of our real estate and not just use it for the hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes every night. We're trying to do things now and think outside the box. Where do, you, where do we see our, our, our industry heading? What is, going to, what is a comedy club going to look like five years from now and 10 years from now? Well, let me uh, just frame something really quick. John Cornette, please, go ahead. You know, it's been said this is the golden age of comedy, and so you've got a whole generation that's kind of able to discover comedy uh, online, YouTube, whatever. And and if that's true, you've got a bigger audience now. So you know, I, we're talking a little bit about the competition between other types of entertainment in your market, or maybe somebody moves into your market, you got to compete with them. But it could be argued that there's so many new comedy fans is just, that don't know really know how to go out and experience it in a live setting yet. Um, so I wonder if part of this discussion could be about like, well, what are these ideas? How can you change the perception of an old smoky comedy club so that these young millennials are like, hey, that's a great experience to have as well. And uh, so I think that should be part of this discussion, knowing that you know there are a lot more fans. How do you get them to come out on a regular basis? Right. So Chris, how do you see, I mean, what do you think is gonna become of the stand five years from now? Like, what, do you see it doing the same type of programming you're doing now. I mean, this this is how outside the box I'm getting with this. Just to give you an idea, John and I were talking uh, last night or a couple nights back, and I said, how cool would it be now to be able to integrate uh, at a live comedy show? Before the show starts, 10 minutes beforehand, your opening act is a 3D hologram of Richard Pryor doing a 10-minute set from... What the hell? Where's that going to happen? What are you talking about? Yeah. Is this some new thing you're springing on us today? What are we smoking, folks? Now hear me out, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I did some mushrooms this morning. I had this great idea. I do think you have to be that... There'll be a Pryor hologram playing the hits? I I think there will be, dude. It's already happening. Oh, There's that, already musical shows sending out. Hol- That's what you are. What's that? If you do that, you're a real jerk. Why, why does that make me because a jerk? Because that's not live comedy. That's regurgitating out, stuff. That's if regurgitating live, stuff. That's how is it not on. live comedy if you're at a live venue? It's not live comedy. It's you're, you're watching. Still watching the screen. Rick has a very screen. defensive look on his TV. face right now. No, it's a hologram, not a screen. It's not a hologram. Yes. It's a live show. Anything can happen on stage. 
That's not going to happen in that. No, that's that's true. Unless your hologram stops your working, part, I mean, you'll lose everybody. You'll lose everybody really takes. fast with that hologram. I don't know. I I would right, I would I would beg it. to. I'll tell you why I'd beg to differ because I think because you don't know have to put that technology. hologram up for three days, and then they only do the set that you told them to, and then. I don't think people pay twenty five bucks a ticket to no, go see not, hologram. No, not. I'm not saying that's your oh, entire oh, show. Oh, that's your just little pre show. So it's a gimmick. You're gonna do a gimmick. It's a total gimmick. But three D is the four play. Don't worry. You're gonna. We say a moose boosh. Look, I I don't like the word gimmicky, but I think we do need to keep reinventing the art and keep adding to it. You should kill yourself for even coming up with that idea. Uh, good news, uh, Sean, you have a bed tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, not really. Uh, <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> no, I can't right, believe we'll I'm being serious. Why I can't believe you, you cocksuckers. Why would you take an opportunity away from somebody that can do the job better live? And why would you use Richard Pryor? I mean, yeah. a 3D Rick Bronson on stage would right. be fucking epic. That, Rick Bronson is that, is, that is it right Last there. I checked this morning, Rick is still alive. Um, Rick, we have a responsibility to grow, uh, to help grow and nurture comedians. So by doing something like that, yeah, it is a gimmick, and it's hurting the comedy scene. It's hurting comedy. What if it pulls people into the club to see There's the comics ways, that are man. on after the? Nah, that's not going to happen. So you're going to follow Pryor? Yeah. I've had to follow Chappelle. <laughs> Name drop. The, uh... <laughs> I just... How'd, it, fuck it. How'd, How'd you do? How'd you do? I did okay, actually, to be honest with you. It was at, it was at Jimbo's room, Comedy Works. But it was before. a live... It was a live Chappelle. Yeah, warm-up show before that. <laughs> it was a 3D Chappelle. No, no again, Chappelle. as I mentioned earlier, who would I like to spend a day, a day with, alive or dead, anyone in history? And I said, Eric Anderson, dead. <laughs> well, let's ask your young comedians here. Let's ask your John. What was the name of that movie again? Hologram. Jack, I would not want to follow a hologram. I don't think. I, no, I, I, I think that's going to take away from the whole experience of the show. I, th- I it, people are going to talk through it. People are going to uh, have expectations. Okay, well, are... Jack's not booked at the House of Comedy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. now, but Jack, no, on a positive I, note, I, we're all going to book you for disagreeing <laughs> with Rick. That, I'm just saying that's just guys, that's just one idea I'm throwing. Out. I'm just why saying. That, why is that? Your, why is that an idea that you're even? Why is that one why? idea? Because it's just to show how I think drastic and how radical change will be. And think about it; it already has been. Go back to when we all started in comedy. What kind? Co- there was no music playing acts on and off. It was a guy who introduced the Listen, guy. You've done a great job creating a cool vibe uh, at your at your clubs. Yeah. Why doing something like that is hokey, is gimmicky. It would take away from the overall experience you're already presenting. So why would you do that? Well, and I think comedy is completely different. Like, there's a million cover bands, but there's no cover comics. There, it's oh, comedy. there's plenty of cover comics. Yeah. They're well, called hats. I mean, there's <laughs> not supposed beats. to be cover comics. And we can mention names, but we're not going to do that on this <laughs> episode. <laughs> 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 Chris, you okay? You, need, you all right? You okay, buddy? Yeah. Well, yeah, as, a, as like a comic, you're not going to go follow all these legends of comedy and then come up with your... your yeah, it's I, just... I don't think that's right. But, yeah, if that was the case... No, I'm not doing that. He's developing it, right? But you're not going to open it with your headliner, just, right? Yeah, but if that was the case, they would have a karaoke comedy. And who the fuck wants to see that? Oh, really? No. It's been done. Who does karaoke comedy? I mean, we're doing shows like... We've done a show called... Uh, we just did it on Thursday here. Is this Confessions the now? And we have <laughs> comics perform under black light, and we do it. It's almost like EDM, electronic dance music, meets comedy. It's just a little more visual stimulation, which I find plays incredibly well to the whole uh, millennial and next geners. They, oh, yeah, they love that shit. But that's they, okay. That's, that's just a creative way to... Present the art, like, but yeah, you don't have regurgitating a, an old an old bit from an old comic that's not even alive. That's still live. Listen, All right, you guys are getting comic. hung up on the. Bit. Of course, not, I'm getting hung no, up on my it. My point just, is, all those in favor. I was yeah. trying. To, I'm trying to find out from against. you guys. Rick, if you do this, how, we're gonna no, my, turn against you. I just forget you this. Know. The ultimate question is this, Chris. Ultimately, how much do you see? the face of comedy clubs changing from its current state right now. I mean, John, do you see your venue changing? Yeah, I just think two things. I feel like I could come in and save you, help you, because I was complicit in this discussion uh, on the hologram stuff. But I, <laughs> but I, think, I think... Yeah, thanks for piping uh, yeah, in, yeah. buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's going to bring in Ted Williams. <laughs> yeah, he had another delay, <laughs> sorry. I was just, I was just checking <laughs> on my flight. His cab driver could the freaking house. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I, oh man. I, I think uh, next year I'm going to come to the summit as a hologram, so I don't have to wait for the Denver airport. <laughs> and there you've proved your point. But I'm bummed. Mic drop right there. No, no, but I think what Rick was saying, and we were talking about last night, is that, and you mentioned cover bands. How many cover bands are out? You can go out and see cover ba- bands that are still alive and cover bands covering this stuff. And it's a great way for people to experience that at a cheaper price, perhaps, and uh, in a different parts of the area where these bands would never show up. I think with comedians... Or for a chance where the band's dead, long dead. Well, that's what... And, you know, and just so, so many... We're talking... Boston comedians everywhere, but in Boston especially, we've had just been hit hard on, on comedy losses. I knew New York has, too. The whole industry has. Uh, you know, sudden and departures and way too early. And just a way... That comedy just dies along with them. You never... You can dial it up, I guess, on YouTube or on the CDs or whatever, but to, see, to have people experience that in somewhat of a live version, I think was what Rick was saying, to appreciate that odd well, firm. And then it should have its own night. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't even think that. I'm going to jump in because I do yeah, need to get ahead. booked sometime. Um, <laughs> I think what you were trying to say was the way the world is going with technology, that it's going to be available one day and someone's going to do it, and what happens if someone does? I think that's... Yeah. Is that what you're going for, Rick, well, kind of, in, of in a sense? we've been talking about... He's not at the summit with us, but a friend of our guy by the name of Claude Shires is doing, John knows a lot about this, uh, you might want to pass the mic to him, is uh, uh, at a business called Laugh Lounge. Uh, and John, you can probably explain it more, but essentially it's about streaming comedy directly from the clubs into right. the, uh, the, the viewers' homes. And, I mean, let me ask you, Chris. So you're Mr. Anti-Hologram. What are your thoughts on live streaming it's comedy? It's a mistake. More of the same. <laughs> it's a mistake, and here's why. Because comedians uh, don't write new jokes every day, and it's unfair to them to take away the one thing they have to come see them live and to create a fan base um, and, and, and get a following. If you can watch, them, if you can watch their stand-up stream on TV or on our website or whatever, what's the point of going to see them live? And what's yeah. the point of them s- trying to create a fan base and sell tickets? I mean, their whole point is well, uh, to trying to get this draw. But the thing is, like, most comics get paid to uh, use their material on, on television or streaming. So if you're streaming their live performances every night, that's you're getting into a, a place where... It's almost impossible to do. So, John, play well, devil's advocate on this. How? What is the model? Yeah, that- based on you know my understanding, uh, you know, so what Claude, who's also a stand-up, his idea is here was yeah, yeah, his idea here is <laughs> to. Uh, <laughs> you are the worst manager ever. I mean, you tear <laughs> no, people down. I so- <laughs> do you manage his, Claude? His idea was <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. Was to extend the audience and uh, and so not to compete with that venue and and to stream live, but not uh, record the content and make it available on demand. And so it was really kind of like, hey, you know, let's say a comic is on tour, he's going to hit these markets, where we're going to stream live into all of the markets outside, you know, of that those markets that he's going to be live. Uh, you should go pay to see that person. Right, but he, he, you, you wouldn't be able to access him. the content in that local market he's performing. What does a comic get out of it? Well, it's just extending the audience. So everybody shares in, shares in the yeah the payment of the service, so maybe a what subscription. What would be their share of, this, of, of what they get on the street? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. You'd have to look at the numbers, if, how many extra but people let, are But let me ask you this, though, Chris. Just as the big picture of looking at this, we know we're living in a day and age where everything is being streamed and sent out to everyone on their iPads a, and iPhones. It's original content that is... Like, for example, we stream the Roastmaster series, and... Uh, you know, it's available to people, and they can go watch it. But, you know, that type of stuff is the material that gets thrown away. It's not someone's stand-up that they write and they go on tour with. Uh, when you do a roast joke, it's you're throwing it away anyway. So when you're doing a show like that, sure, then you can stream it. It's not a big deal. You know, we we do a crowd work, uh, crowd work show, and, again, that's something that's streamable because... You're throwing that away. It's never going to be replicated. But if you're asking someone to take their hard work, you know, their, their material that they worked hard on and try to, you know, and it might not be worked out that night. And then here's their material out there not worked out being streamed. So well, it's, it's, a, it's, I don't well, know. Well, I think it's, just the other side of that argument would be that there's a lot of secondary tertiary markets that don't have a club. They don't see the comics on a regular basis. 
and they're hungry for comedy. Right, but they should support comedy when it's in their town. But, it's a but often they're not, you know, you're not going through Lodi, California, you know, that doesn't right. have a club. And I think they want to see some comedy. Yeah, but let's be honest. That's not where it gets watched. Oh, man, are we going to start being honest? It gets, watched, <laughs> it gets watched down the street for the cheap fuck who doesn't want to pay for the ticket to come to the show. That's who it gets streamed to. But that's, I mean, that's but really also, it. That's also why well, Netflix has... the same reason when you give away shows and you do free tickets, people show up all of a sudden. Watch Stand Where up were on... you on Saturday, you fuck, you cheap motherfucker? <laughs> and that's the same watch guy who's Stand watching the streaming watch that's coming Central. out of the comedy I mean, club. there's so many places where you can watch stand-up now to, to depend on a stream where really it's going to water down what a comic's material is worth. And you don't, you don't, you don't want that. I mean, well, certainly if the if Rick, that don't you want to give if that material remains online, and then yes, and you have kind of like anybody but a guy who's you stream it, you can away, rip it right off. Yeah, and there's there's no experience like the live experience. Right. I mean, to sit next to somebody that you don't know and to I hear them belly know. laugh, Rick, you can't when you, you can't duplicate that and you can't record that and get that same feeling watching your laptop. Yeah. That's yeah. totally different. Rick, your I, I hour, your hour was worth something. No, I agree, and and I also I wrote my show and still perform to this day as if I really do want people to recognize that they are at a live event and that can't be replicated. Uh, believe me, I'm the, I say as a club owner, uh, the streaming idea scares me. We've had this conversation because at the end of the day, sure, I might be able to sell them a digital ticket to watch it online, but then how am I making my money selling them any food or booze? I mean, so there are, there, there's you know, a lot. But at the same time, I could also, if this was debate club, I could also probably argue for the platform saying that, look, we're living in a day and age where everyone needs seven seconds of video sent to them. And, uh, you know, I think there's a model. I don't seven know. Seven seconds of video is different from your whole. That's life. what I was gonna say. I think there's a. I think there's a model where it shouldn't be based on seeing the whole show. It's but not a pro, you're not. You're not talking about a promo for yourself. Right. You're talking about your act is just aired on the streaming, so you're done. And like you know. What Can we I hold do? on one second? Um, this segment was brought to you by Bud, Bud Light. Light. In yeah. case you're watching. I'd like to thank Bud Sean thank Sullivan you. and Jim <laughs> Cornette for too. going out in theaters and... now. <laughs> Sean and Sullivan grab it. Sean, what's the name of that movie? Brought to you Super by Super Troopers 2. Super Troopers 2. There you go. And we'll, Bud we'll, Light. We'll, ha- we'll have a... And by... We'll have, a, we'll have the boys to House put of that in for us into the show. So let me, let me, let me uh, switch gears a little bit, but still kind of on this subject. So from a, from a venue booker perspective... Oh, that's my hockey agent, buddy. Um, Rick's over two so far in this podcast. Wow! How am I over two? A hologram and then the live streaming. Come on! I'm just trying to create. Give Chris another one. That's what we're doing here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you guys, as venue operators and owners, and this is something that could play to any comics that are listening. What are you guys currently looking for now when you guys book your acts? And I know showcase (laughs) rooms are a little bit different, Eric and Chris and Paul, but. John, Sean, in particular, with our format shows, what uh, what is your major consideration factors now when Funny booking your people. talent? Draw. Bottom line, draw. Yeah, draw. I mean, we know the people who can sell out, who can do the weekends now. I mean, who can sell out the consistently Thursday through through Saturday. You know, they, but I think it goes back to your original point about how younger people are getting comedy and what they want to see, and everything's generational things. You got to kind of roll with the changes, and they may not be as dramatic as is going back to holograms again, but it, it is also, you have to, you know, bring in social media influencers in, uh, the yep. YouTube stars. How now, are you I measuring mean, draw? Uh, a sales, ultimately. Pay, sales. Yeah. Well, history. past sales. History, talking to, talking to other club owners. Yeah. Talking to other club yeah. owners. You know, what did... Yeah, that's one thing about this summit, that the communication that it's opened up, I mean, so much so that, I mean, I, call, I called John a few months back ago. Uh, we were bringing in someone who he had had. I'm like, uh, how did he sell... Um, and it wasn't the, I think it was okay, it was pretty good. It was literally five minutes later, the report, uh, the ticket sh- uh, report sent to me from their last week, uh, their performance there with their entire breakdown of sales. And that's, I mean, you can't buy that. I mean, that, that's analytics. That's yeah, unreal. Yeah. And, and as far as draw, too, like, I, you know, I get part of the club. that call me, and they're like, hey, I have so-and-so, they want to come in, will you book them? And first thing I do is, well, how many followers do they have? Oh, you have 20,000 followers? No, I'm good. You have, you know, 100,000, 1.2 million? Sold. 
but let me yeah. ask you. But, that, but, oh, that's, but, but, but that seems very top level a, because what if what if that twenty thousand was all in your market? Right. So how do you are you segmenting? Are you looking closely at the data? Are you asking for them to break it down by market? Are you asking? I agree them to with give those you their questions. podcast numbers I'll, because I'll, you got to dig deeper. I'll tell deeper. you why it's a valid. Here's why you it's very valid though. Because when someone has a number that makes us go awesome, say someone says they have 1.6 million followers. That's a massive. We all know that. And they could be bought. But when you think, right, first of all, it can be bought. But when you also think 1.6 million, we have 350 million people in this country right here. So when you divide the 1.6 million followers up over the, uh, the major markets that have comedy, I mean, what does that really work out to in a per market number? It's not going to be very large. Unless you have more information. Well, you can kind of bank on I will say, because there's the no larger question. The numbers you like, can. Uh, dude, we brought in Country Wayne, who I didn't know from fucking Adam, and the guy put asses in chairs after asses in chairs all week. Social media guy. Because of, we're bringing him in the summer because of that. You'll do the exact because same. Because you guys did the same thing. So I, I think while you, so it's, it's tough to break down the analytics and, and, how you, and people can certainly buy followers on Twitter and Instagram and all the other social media platforms. It's, it's hard to argue with numbers. I mean, it's, it's a pretty safe bet if someone, you know, comes in and sells, uh, sells the roof off, the, uh, off your place in Edmonton, Rick. Uh, they're not, they're not going to sell 20 tickets at Laugh Boston. I mean, it's, they well, get a pretty big appeal. No, there's a know. national draw without and, question. And I've been asking Chris about it since we, before we opened. I met Chris when we first opened. Chris came into the, to the club because he had an act in Boston. Not that long. I'm really sorry. Buddy. I met Chris the first month we were open. And, uh, and Chris and Paul have been nothing but helpful in just suggesting acts and even with agents, you know, the agents asking me, you know, for this much, Chris will write back, what are you, are you nuts? You know, this is what you do. This is what the deal is. And, and well, my so, response usually is, fuck that guy. <laughs> I, I was trying to clean it up, but. Uh. <laughs> the mayor is clean, guys. You know that. Oh, yes. Very clean. Very clean. The mayor, we, we, he is, we have set him on a pedestal. We are all trying to achieve mayorhood. Yeah, right. Mayorship, mayorhood, whatever. Mayordom. Mayordom. I'm just trying to learn Mayordom. from. I'm just trying to learn from you guys. <laughs> I'll, plug, I'll, plug so, a, I'll plug a good tool. Yeah, um, please. And I heard about this from a Tom bigger Segura. tool than the other six I've been with. Yeah, I heard tool. <laughs> other than these tools, but Tom Segura. I heard Tom Segura talk about how he, when he was especially starting out, he would go to Pandora, look at the back end, and yeah. see where his listens were happening. Those are direct fans, and uh, and then he would look at the markets where he was hitting, and he would go to his booking agent and say, "Book me there." And he was he, these are markets that he said often were markets he never thought of, and I think there are a ton of tools and they're out there, and uh, you know it's just a matter of kind of compiling those and, and making them available to make those decisions. Use all your tools you have. Let, yeah. let me ask you a question, though, about booking the social media guys. Are you worried at all for your venues? And I don't know, Eric, do you guys ever get, and, and you as well, Chris and Paul, do you ever get into the, because you have the showcase and all the great acts, do you ever have to get into the type of trickery that we have to do with the social media stars? And Are you ever bringing in acts like that? No, I mean, like, we're, we toyed with the idea of bringing in influencers, but there's there's no point because we get so much great coverage. Great talent. Yeah, well, and, we get great talent. You do, them, and, and, and that's get... my question to the guys that do bring in the social media guys is, do you have the same concern that I have, and that is, sure, they're going to sell tickets, they're going to put asses in the chairs, but their 30 minutes of so-called material might be obviously really low for standards based on what's usually on our stages comedically. Are you worried about damaging your club reputation with any of that? No, because I think the, the people there to see social media influences on a Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday night are there specifically to see them. They're their fans. Yeah, they're bringing so, in their fans, yeah. and that's I, totally They're only okay. coming yeah. for yeah. that yeah. show. It's, it's not like someone's coming off the street, I'm going to pay 25 bucks to go see you know, uh, YouTube sensation. They're their fans. On a midweek thing, I agree 100%, yeah, let's, but let's, I mean, we had Country Wayne for a weekend scenario, so there's still going to be people that go to a comedy club just because, hey, it's Friday, Saturday night, let's go yes. see comedy. This Let's week. take Tricks, for example, in New yeah. York. Tricks is, uh, for those not show in New comic York, we represent. We did on a Thursday night, and, you know, the club had no idea who he was. We just basically promised, you know, numbers because of his followers. So yeah. he went in. It was literally his audience. And in those situations, it's fine. It's more than fine. And, you know, Tricks is one of the better, you know, examples because he actually enjoys doing stand-up comedy. Well, he's a comic he's first a comic that first, became right. a social media right. guy, not so, not a social media right, guy exactly. who became so a he's, comic. He's the best case scenario. We've had we've had YouTube stars and I don't know what what was that other thing that was happening for a while? Was that other app? 
Vine. Vine. We have had Vine stars come in and do a set and stuff, and you know, there's there's time. What do they do? Them. Seven second sets. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. That's, Excruciating. Is it that bad? I mean, look. Let's put it We're this way. We, I can I can I have to think real hard about how the people that have done it or how long ago it was. So we don't really need to go that route. Like Eric said, we're lucky enough that you know the best talent in the world is sitting there a few blocks away at any given moment. So we we've been lucky not to have to think about that. But I think from where you guys are standing, you know, it's a real thing, and I. And you have to think about it. And I think I would do the same. I would, you know, I'd figure out how to fill it out. But I, I'd be more inclined to do midweek stuff, midweek shows, so you get their fans out and everybody's happy with the, what, they, what they come That's for. what we're doing. I would think it would be so. I wouldn't do the weekends. I wouldn't bring them in could, weekends. I don't I just, know that you would need to, you know? I'd much rather, in Boston on a Monday, Tuesday night, I'd much rather put three strong feature borderline headliner yeah. comedians up. I'd much rather do that, but... If they're, if they're only going to put... I'd much rather that the Bruins, Sox, and Celtics were all playing that. That's, that's right. I'd rather they all play the playoff games on Mondays and yeah. Tuesdays. But I'd rather put the focus on them. And, um, but if they're only going to put 30... It's economics. If they're only going to put 30 people in the seats versus this YouTube star who's going to bring in 300 yeah. and do another three grand in, on the bar, that's, that's kind of an easy choice to make. Yeah. You know? And so, they, they, so that's why in Boston, why we... We'll operate all those other other locations to give yeah. to give the Boston comedians opportunities and make sure that they you That's know you they're the features on all the show the headliner your, shows. Your secondary locations, Rick. I don't have secondary <laughs> locations, Paul. I'm not a big shot. It's only like A you. pluses all the way. It's only A pluses. You're the big shot. You got all the A rooms. Yeah, not not <laughs> according not according to the agents. That's all right. You know what? We know, we know it doesn't matter what anyone wants to label us. We know, most importantly, how we treat the comics. And that's really what uh, is the true barometer of a room, I think. I really do. Yeah. Because I always hear from comics that play for you guys. Just always a great experience. It's always, you know... Because I think one of the reasons why we also all connect on this summit level is, again, we're all pretty close in age and what have you, but... Uh, at the end of the day, I think we all really love the business that we're in. Like we love the we love the comics, we love the comedy. We, uh, you know, there's BS that goes with it, like any industry in the world. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm always thrilled as shit that I get to be in a business that uh, you know the the people that I hang around. Are, I think comics are some of the smartest people I've met. Just incredibly well versed and. Uh, and then you clowns come along, and it's like, fuck, there's guys like me out there. It's awesome. What a ringing endorsement. Thank you. No, I'm serious. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's an endorsement. Like, Chris, am I insulted, crying. or it's, am I? It's absolutely an endorsement. No, for real. Like, I, like, I mean, uh, we hear the other, other clubs that are all well-spoken. I mean, I always hear really nice things about the comedy works in Denver. There's just some rooms out there that are really pro-comic, and that's different. Uh, I think when the room is pro-comic and pro-comedy, it really it shows, and that comes across. When we opened up uh, Laugh, I called uh, three comedian Boston guys who are just on the road all the time. I just asked them the three best things they love about a club. And if they're not done well, they're the three worst things about a club. But one, one person in particular told me there's a big chain out there in the United States. He said, you do a Wednesday through Sunday gig. You show up on Wednesday. No one says hello to you at the club. And they don't say hello to you until they hand you a check on Sunday at settlement. No one speaks to you. It's almost like your cattle, and you just show up, and you just go on. You know, you also have to know what to do. No one introduces themselves, says hello, asks about you. They don't know anything about you. You just pass them through town, and uh, so I think it's it's just. What was it's, the name of that chain again? <laughs> 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 but you're right, though. I mean, there there's certain things that when the comics come in, Bobby Collins, the first time I met him years ago, uh, asked him. I said, "That's Rick's what do you best like? friend." That's Rick's best friend. I said, hey, "Apple juice." So the next time he came in, there was apple juice That's in the true. fridge. You would have thought this guy opened a brand new bike as a seven-year-old on Christmas Day. Just the little things. Did you know about the apple juice? I asked him about it, and then I, yeah, whatever. What kind of apple juice was it? It was the one in the little plastic bottles. The, the little plastic bottles. <laughs> but no, it's true. I mean, and I think, Rick, what you've done opening your house and letting us all come in and entertaining and whatever, that's what the comics want. They just want to... Feel welcome. They just want to be part of. And if Rick, you're not Rick let you in the house. The fuck out of the business because yeah. <laughs> to see the same old faces that are there the last time you're there, the year before that, they come in, they're welcome. It's like they're going home. 
Mm-hmm. They're on the road. They're they're by themselves. Well, and that speaks a little bit to staff, and I think hiring yeah. staff and having a staff that uh, is really into comedy makes the, a huge difference. It yeah. sounds like this chain probably has a lot of employees that don't really care or know much about comedy, because otherwise they would be in the face of these comics. <laughs> and they would, you know, and I think that makes a big difference. Well, and there there is a lot of turnover in the in the bigger clubs too. Like you know, I I I've only sure. been doing comedy for ten years, but even when I go to the chains that we're not mentioning, like the, it is all different people every single time. And you know, it, it is nice seeing familiar faces and and people coming in and giving you fries when you need them. Uh, wow! So. I think we should tell the story. <laughs> no, I we're think, not telling. We should. We're not telling the story. No, no, no. <laughs> You know, if you know what the people like, you yeah, know, you try to take care of them when they come see you. There should be yeah. French fries in every green I'll tell room. You what, you'll never make that mistake again. Uh, for, our, for our crackers out there, if you want to hear this story, just DM me and I'll share it with you. I'll write it up. It's a good one. It was a funny moment. It, was my, it might be my hardest laugh. You actually did make me cry, Sean. I did cry. Um, uh, all right, well, we're getting close to wrapping this up, guys. Um, let me ask you something I'm curious on without, about without mentioning the name of the act. Uh, I'd like to know who was your biggest pain-in-the-ass rider? What Was there anything that you had to search for out there that oh, you just went, fuck, name, names. Oh, God. <laughs> who, so I had somebody for three I, nights, and they required that I pay them $10,000 in cash. Cash versus... Uh, cash. $10,000 in cash. Uh, it's a big deal when you're going in and out of the bank and you look like a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not so, I mean, that's not terrible, though. Cash I mean, it's, king, not, uh, it's not an inconvenience thing. Like, I had I a guy... Some fetish requests and things like I, that. I was in Edmonton, Alberta, and I needed to track down a pinata. Because nothing screams pinata <laughs> like fucking Edmonton, Alberta. Most blue collar city in the world. Was it for the show, the pinata? The comic never even used it. And that's another sour point for me, as I hate when people ask for shit in their rider and don't even use it. Yeah, you know exactly who you are. Who? Oh. <laughs> try, try live music. Yeah, try, try live music venues. And live music is bad that way. Oh, it, oh you got it. Yeah, it's, it's a whole nother world. They, they put things in there, just make sure you read the rider. But there's a lot of pretty outrageous stuff. You know, they asked for the What's the craziest drugs. you've seen? Drugs. Drugs, right yeah. Right in the middle of it, yeah. It's one thing you can't get. Specific drugs in the mouth. Crack? Yeah. Crack? <laughs> They've asked for crack. Yeah. And did you have to go find that? No. No. You what just you crossed mean? that off the rider? Oh, uh, yeah. No one's, yeah. <laughs> just, just never learned how to share, right? So, so where do you draw the line? Where's the line drawn? What do you, when do you say no? Drugs, illegal, illegal substances? Or? You, you know your budget for your, your back of the house. You ask them what they really want. Yeah. yeah. You take a look at the rider. You, you go, what do you really want on this rider? You call, you call the tour manager and you, you knock it down to right. where it's supposed to be at. Well, and that's true because a lot of the riders that we get, and you know this, um, it's all for concert halls. So yeah, the, the boilerplate stuff. Yeah, 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 they never. They don't apply they, to comedy clubs. Exactly. No. And then you call the agent. It's like, hey, what did they actually want? Well, yeah, better have it all. Yeah, I always get. Yeah. I always get choked when they. It's a boilerplate, like you say, and they ask for uh, like food for the green room, and it's like, well, we have a full service restaurant. Just order off the menu, whatever you yeah, they like. They want like a deli tray. Yeah, and, I mean, why? We have them just order something. This yeah. wasn't in a rider, but we had a, a comedian. I was actually traveling. I was overseas and. We had this big comedian, and he was in on you know Thursday through What's Saturday. <laughs> it rhymes with hunches. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, was in, and I get a call from the agent. It's midnight in Belfast. I'm leaving at four o'clock in the morning, and uh, I get a I get an email from the agent. We had a check check the act out of the Westin. The Westin's above Laugh Boston. You can roll out of bed onto our stage, okay. and they had to go to the the W. And so I'm thinking the Western went on fire or something. I think that something happened to the club or whatever. And so I write back, why? It's because uh, the, the Axe video game com- uh, console, the TVs were too old at the Western. So it didn't, uh, it didn't fit into the system. Hotel. He couldn't plug oh. in. So he had to move. He moved wow. to the, to the, to didn't the have W. Did port? What's that? We didn't know. She had already checked him out before we could do anything. And now he's at the Western. So now he's up all night playing video games. And then he does morning radio on Friday. He's luggage. Fuck. The radio 
partners luggage. complained to us. It, t- it was bad. He was just, t- you know, believe me, I know about luggage. You know, I spend a lot of time in airports. And so, uh, professional traveler. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that's. So you're never going to book him again? Who, Don? No, we, we book him again. Just make sure we get a nice TV in the, in the room. So you have booked him again? No, we haven't booked him again. Exactly. No. <laughs> no more video games. Well, I know it's a it's a boring life. You're on the road and you're lonely, and sure. you know that's why a lot of acts want to bring support yeah. with them. Not sometimes that's the other thing we try and discourage. Clients who travel with video game consoles, but they want to bring they want to bring uh, support acts with them. And yeah. what happens is su- the support acts oftentimes stink. They're well, not that good, and so. But we as that's you talking about you know how your know, reputation of your club. If an, if a big act brings in brings someone in to, someone for companionship soft, yeah. and they stink, the 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 customer doesn't think doesn't blame the headliner for that. No, they have no idea. Club. It's on yeah. the club. Like what are they booking that Absolutely. person for? Well, I mean, I, I will name this person. Because he'll never come to our club. But Nick oh. Cannon would bring his barber with him and then put him, put him on stage for seven minutes. The barber. Awesome. The barber. Yeah. Did he cut hair in those minutes? No. <laughs> and and, and was he, don't you was he love, a vine by star? the way, about and, and the thing <laughs> is, like you said, John, yeah, it always it, comes back on the customer and the thing on on the uh, on the club, even when they bring the talent, like you point out. And the thing is, I don't know what it is about our industry, but customers feel they can contact you and tell you that they didn't like this guy and this guy, and they'd like a refund or they'd like you to give them some. And I always think to myself. If you go to a basketball game and the sun sucked that night, you don't Wait, get every your night. money back. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yet for live comedy, people will ask for their money back. Well, it's like if you leave a movie theater and the movie stinks, you never. You'd, but no one ever says I'm never going too. back to the movies again, unless it's Super <laughs> Troopers too. Yeah, <laughs> Super Troopers too. Super Troopers too. Super Troopers too. Now in theaters. In theaters now. In theaters now. Now that money's already allocated. Super Troopers too. All right, boys. I was. I I want to hit you up with a question that's going to put you on the spot because I know there's many things that are that are probably going to pop to mind. No, I will not. But just the venues, the venues that you guys operate. If I put you on the spot and said to you, Sean, strangest incident that ever transpired at the Ice House? I'm not going to answer that. You would... <laughs> uh... No safe for radio edits? edits? Like, I'll tell you, the strangest thing I witnessed at my club is we saw a man have a heart attack and die during a show. That's not strange. That's tragic. That's it's horrible. tragic, but it's strange. Oh, it's tragic. not That's something you expect to yeah. see in a comedy club. <laughs> and cool. It'll and at least now... It's strange, like cool. something irregular. And the headli- it is like irregular. When Mike the headliner says he killed, he fucking killed. Like, it was legit. Um, but that was strange, dude. It was really, it was strange to see that. It was um, something you never think you'd see. a homeless man in your bathroom? Ever, ever deal with that? Um, I've dealt with uh, sex in the bathroom. Oh, that's yeah, that we dealt has. with. Yeah, yeah. every week. <laughs> every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uncommon. The homeless people, though, in the bathroom, you know, the homeless people having sex in your bathroom. Out. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. It could be more than one. But you can't get them out of the bathroom. That's a that's not a good one to deal with on a Friday or Saturday night. Tobin, anything come to your mind? Well, for uh, with, with all those things that above, right? But you deal with, but. I, years ago in a club I was working as the door I was managing the club and a guy had a heart attack during the show I mean massive heart attack he was with his whole family they have to pull an ambulance up to the side and they, they're giving him like the heart paddles in the showroom in the showroom oh, and so they decide the ownership of the club the restaurant decides to do the show stop the show back up after they wheel the guy out we're going to put the show because there were 300 no. people in the room wow. so the feature, had, the feature had to get up there had to get up there at cold and go up and say uh he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a big, big round of applause for that gentleman. We hope he makes it. Everybody claps. And he says, uh, just a word of advice. Uh, stay away from the Buffalo Wings. And the show continued. <laughs> uh, that's great. Eric, anything come to mind from the store? No, nah, I mean, the store is so storied in history. I know. And, uh, there's all the ghost stories and... You know, and then I, I can't. Anything that's happened to me at the store, I'm sure pales in comparison with what happened to Richard Pryor at the store. Yeah, so fair enough. Really no, uh, well, look for that hologram show. Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon, John <laughs> Tobin. <laughs> Too soon. I'm re- I'm reverse. I'm reversing my audible on the bed. I'm reversing. Damn, he leaves tonight. All right. I want to thank you guys, but I'm actually going to leave uh, the last two questions to my uh, young co-host. But, uh, uh, guys, it's been a fun weekend. Really appreciate you being down here. It's been great. We're glad so, you uh, had a good time. Paul Italia, yeah. I did have a good time. I'm going to let my face know it real soon, I promise. Uh, uh, we miss John you, Tobin. We miss uh, you, Tammy. Don't suck up to Tammy. <laughs> Thanks, Fuck Tammy. off. <laughs> Sean Sullivan, Jim Cornette, Eric Anderson. 
Chris with no H, Italia. <laughs> John Cornett. Jay Kirsch, who he was very quiet. Complain. He brought in the really nice uh, Italian coffee for you. Uh, thank you, guys, for real. And, and uh, we'd also I, like to honestly, thank the Montreal Bagel Company. That you're welcome. <laughs> Montreal Bagel. I'm excited for you guys for. to join us out here in September for the... Uh, for the festival in Flagstaff, for the Big yes. Pine Comedy Fest. So gonna I'm, a, it's going to be great. Are do your podcast in, in uh, Montreal? Yes. You no, know, you'll do the podcast in Flagstaff, though. What about Montreal? It's sooner. I'm not going to do a podcast in Montreal, Why I don't not? think. I think you should, and we should do it live from a bar. All right, let's do it right And we there. should promote the shit out of the bar so we get free drinks while we're there doing we're the podcast. I'll get us free drinks. Don't worry. <laughs> and we should also promote, <laughs> and uh, around that time, we could promote Super Troopers 2 on, on Blue Light. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> In Europe. <laughs> He's a devil, your brother, isn't he? Um, all right, so the last two questions of the day are going to uh, my co-host, uh, Matt Broom. And Jack Galvin, reason being, gentlemen, uh, you guys are still considered young rookies in this sport of comedy. Uh, the opportunity for you to be Did surrounded by these today? type of people are <laughs> few and far between for typically people you know, yeah. in, your, in the amount of years you've been doing it. So you guys get to close off the show Can asking a question. say something real quick question. before they answer? Yes, I know Matt know. learned that fries are important. Fry, Matt did learn that fries are very important. Matt's and a good that, boy, though. He that, is. And that some people prefer full nude strip clubs over, <laughs> over <Who's> just topless. <laughs> There's been who, who a lot of business <laughs> conversations going on all weekend. Right? There really you has been. been. <laughs> that ha- was my favorite conversation of yesterday. <laughs> I must have missed that one. You sure did. I did. All right. Jack can go first. I'm going to save my, my nude questions for go, go ahead, Jack. I think my question, because uh, I'm definitely, Matt, I'm only three years into the comedy world, and going into comedy, you hear the same things. Stand up, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. Other than that, what do you, I, I thought it may be important for, for myself was to maybe do something else, like get involved in a festival, do stand up, maybe get seen doing something else that might be faster, in a sense. Do you have any other advice for new comics out there? Is it just stage, 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 or what else? I know if Rick were here, he would say, become a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> Start making your holograms no, now you while they're cheap. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's what it's going to be like. To <laughs> How do you look digitally? Are you, do you have a good yeah. digital makeup? Uh, no, I, I can actually answer that. Um, create content. Just create content um, because you're funny. So, and people want to see some, you know, something funny on, you know, on your Facebook page or YouTube or whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm not advocating to become a, a viral star in any in any way. But, you know, comedians are great actors and writers, and you should be putting that stuff out there. So, uh, it's you know. If you want people to know that you're funny, it should be your stand-up, obviously, but also just funny content. Use as many outlets as possible. Sure. Why not? You you might as well express yourself and get your stuff out there. Um, And, you know, there's so many ways to do it now. And I think that's the way to, you know, do it um, versus, you know, streaming live comedy or becoming a hologram. It's about creating original funny content. But also, you know, just be a... A good guy or woman. That's just true. Yeah. Be good to everybody. Yes. Be good yeah. to everybody. And and, yeah. and just because you don't get on a show, don't think it's a slight personally against you. It's just there's a million people trying to compete, and bookers just have so much time in the day. But just be good to everybody. Be good to the, the service at the clubs, the, the everybody you run into at those clubs, because it's amazing how many people, they may be running clubs at right. some point. And no matter how big you get, always stay humble. That's the biggest thing. Some, Arsenio Hall is one of the nicest, easiest people to work with. Total genuine. He, he's, he's the perfect example of the guy you want to meet who has everything. He's lost it. He's had it. And he's just the nicest man in the world. Eric, you've dealt with him. Oh, yeah. No, he's a doll. Absolutely the best. Uh, well, my question is, um, since I have you all here, I, and I know all our thousands and thousands of listeners on, on Crack House here want to know, when do you guys ha- plan on having me in your uh, clubs is really the biggest question. The biggest question is... I don't when, have when, my calendar with me right <laughs> yeah, now. I'm Let me get to my booker. Yeah, no. I, 
Uh, no, and well, and again, because I'm also one of the bookers for House of Comedy, so I know that is a uh, huge. That explains ordeal. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I know. So anything to blame gets blamed on. It's, it goes on me. Right, right, yes. <laughs> so we, he never knows. So that because you're a nice guy. Tammy Bronson's House of Comedy, right? right. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Team Tammy all the way. Up. Team Tammy. I know where the I know where the decisions are made. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, but obviously the social media thing we just already said is is a huge thing, um, and comedy has changed over the years. I know. You know, being on the road was was where it's at, and you get so much experience being on the road and, and learning, you know, the different parts of the country. Um, so, but again, and I guess I, I really don't have a question. I just thank you guys for giving all the comics out there opportunities, like I said, and, and not taking away with holograms and and replacing us with uh, oh, fake things. for a hologram? <laughs> Power, brother. And now I'm looking for a job as well. So, um, <laughs> but no, I just I I pre- as a comic I appreciate. Uh, all the clubs and the club owners and like you said you guys do take care of us and, and the staff is uh, very friendly and, and makes you feel welcome so that's what I, I just want to say thank you is, is all I want to say yeah and that's a, that's a great thing a shout out to all the staff out there I mean they bust their asses they have to run around they have yeah. to deal with us and divas and, and everything else and at the end of the day I mean, they're the ones who... Yeah, and Rick. What did I do to you, Chris? Hologram. Tonight we're going Felix, to see can we edit Chris out of this completely? Is he on his own channel? He is. He's good. We should try to not get on. Super Troopers too. We should have vetted Chris before he got on. Look, I said Super Troopers eight fucking times. No, you didn't. We did. What movie did you say? <laughs> Anyways, for real, boys, it's been uh, it's a fun weekend. I love having you guys here, and uh, look forward to the next one if it's Flagstaff or if it's one before it. But uh, uh, great week, and uh, I'd love to do another one of these kind of podcasts. I think it's cool having this perspective. This is something, like I said, in the comedy industry, you don't often get this on a comedy podcast. It's usually very comic centric and very comic sided. So. Um, I think it's a cool perspective, and it also shows uh, comedians out there that we have senses of humor as well, you know? Especially Mayor Tobin over here. Holy fuck, he got some big laughs, Mayor huh? Tobin, that's it. Holy shit, look at Vote that. Pa- Tobin. Paulo's dropping his beer bottles on the pool deck, doesn't know anything about crap. pool rules. Again, a, a real quick shout-out to Old Arroyo for coming to the remote location. To yes, thank on. you, Old Arroyo. Our, and our awesome audio mustache. production. Yeah, that mustache is badass. You, you know uh, what I, who else has mustaches? All the cast members on Super Troopers 2. <laughs> 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 what was the name of that movie? Mark Silverstein, videography and photography. And you better believe he's drone certified. Email him at markallensilverstein at gmail.com. That's Mark with a C, Allen, A-L-A-N, Silverstein at gmail.com. Or call 847-687-5155. 847-687-5155. For Mark Silverstein, videography and photography, once again, drone certified. Big Pine Pine Comedy Comedy Festival, Festival, September 19th to 22nd in downtown Flagstaff, Arizona. Check us out online at bigpinecomedyfestival.com.